This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. In for Shaletta, I'm Dave Schrader. I want to congratulate Shaletta on a successful second annual Black Entrepreneurs Day held in St. Paul yesterday at the Capitol. Congratulations on another amazing event. I will be in with you for the afternoon. I've got some great guests lined up throughout the afternoon as well. Uh, Josh Wheeler, producer here, in with me. Uh, Reverend Tim Christopher is going to join us at the top of the second hour. We're going to talk about uh, some of the uh, homeless crisis that's going on here in the Twin Cities. Also, Heroes Helping Heroes and some of the young entrepreneurs uh, and and projects that are going on in the Minneapolis area that we should be aware of. We'll be doing that. Uh, in the bottom of that hour, Police Chief Brian O'Hare is going to join us as well because uh, Minneapolis has taken an aggressive stance against a surge in armed robberies. We're going to find out what that means, who is the focus of this, and what we can expect to see these changes to look like. A little bit later on in the show, 2 o'clock, I'm going to be joined by Matt Peterson from United Healthcare Children's Foundation. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there are medical grants that are available, and they are here to help you because, let's face it, we're not always prepared for an emergency, and especially when it comes to our children. So what can we do to help offset some of those costs and get the help that we need? We'll find out a little bit about that later on. Right now, let's take a quick look at some of the news that's going around. And this first news story that came to my attention today really, really bothers me on on many different levels. And let me explain this. A school bus driver has been charged with a DWI. Obviously, just right off of the headline, that in itself is enough to frustrate and irritate Every parent across the United States and around the world. In a shocking incident near Rush City, a 59-year-old woman named Kara Jean French, a school bus driver from Harris, Minnesota, faced formal charges of driving while intoxicated after driving a bus carrying 49 students. She drove it into a ditch. Her registered blood alcohol level was 0.17, well above the legal limit of 0.4 for driving a commercial vehicle. First of all, there should be a zero tolerance for driving children. It should be a 0.0 across the board, unless there's natural things, like if you've taken a shot of NyQuil or DayQuil and there's a little alcohol in there, I guess we have to make some variances in that. But Captain uh, Derek Anklin reported that deputies swiftly responded to the scene following a report of the incident. They observed signs of alcohol impairment in French who failed a field sobriety test and cited difficulty finding the break. Notably, deputies also detected the scent of alcohol emanating from a coffee container in the bus. This is 
a nightmare. Obviously, we have enough concerns in the world around us right now with the school shootings and all of the rest of the tragedies that are taking place that we have to keep an eye on. Now we have to be hypervigilant and aware of even our bus drivers. And let's face it, when do the adults, when do the parents get a chance to even talk to, see, or confront any of these bus drivers to know if they're safe to be taking our children to and from school? We kind of hope that they've been vetted out, we know what's going on. More importantly, we hope that the people stepping behind the wheel in this type of situation realize how precious the cargo is that they're that they're touring around and would not make that bad a judgment call. Unfortunately, as we see from this story, that is not the case. I will take you back in time, Josh Wheeler, to about uh, 10 to 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I lived in the Circle Pines area, and it was after school, and I get a text message from my daughter. Dad, I'm scared. I'm on the bus, and the bus driver's acting strange. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she was not supposed to be texting, so she was trying to do it covertly to let me know what oh, yeah. was happening. So I, like, as she's texting, I'm racing to the school. I, I said, where are you, first of all? She's in the school parking lot. So I'm racing there. I call the school. I'm like, are you aware that you have an incident taking place in your parking lot right now? So the, the administration went out there. I pulled up. What had happened was the school bus driver, and I understand that it's a tough job. It can be very pressure, right, related. You're dealing with a a busload of kids. I guess it was hot in the bus, so some of the kids were complaining and started opening the windows. And the bus driver Mm -hmm. said, shut the windows, and started to react very strangely and then refused to speak to anybody. And when kids wanted to get off the bus, he wouldn't let them off the bus. But he sat Thankfully, he just sat in the parking lot. He had this little meltdown in front of the children and refused to move, refused to let them out. Um, So it was my call that prompted them. They didn't even know that was taking place in their own parking lot and that bus had been sitting there for 15 minutes without moving. So we got there. This is where it goes off the rails for me, right? They finally de-escalate the situation. They brought in another bus. They take our kids off the bus by this point. There's parents everywhere to pick up our kids, right? We're being told, do not approach the bus. Do not talk. I'm like, we're trying to figure out, does this person have a weapon? Is there something we need to know? What, where is this going? And it's very, you know, of course, they have to be very cautious with the things that they say. Thankfully, there was no weapon involved. It was just somebody having a psychotic break. Um, Allegedly, I guess I have to say. Yes, yeah. So we get our children they take care of the bus driver. The following day, I call to find out, well, what what took place? You know, well, well, you know what took place. The bus driver was feeling a moment of stress and pressure. Instead of driving, instead of doing this, he just decided to sit there. And I'm like, yeah, but he wouldn't let the kids off the bus. Yes, we're aware, aware of that. This is not his first instance or infraction. So don't worry, Mr. Schrader. We've moved him to a different district. Not we release this guy. I don't think that. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think that's the uh, right. proper. And, and not we've given him there. two weeks off to look into his situation. Yeah. We've moved him to another district. I go. What do you mean by that? Well, he's now driving for another district. He'll never be with your children and again. And I said, does that other district know what they just got? Are they aware? Well, I don't know. That's not our job. We just told the <laughs> yeah. bus company, and they said that they have reassigned him to another school district. 
And I said, what school district? And he said, I, I don't know. They won't tell us. So I called the, the company. And I'm like, is this person still an employee? Yes, he's still an employee. Is he forced time off? No, not forced time off. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you have taken somebody who is obviously not in the right state of mind to be in charge of our children. Yeah. And instead of releasing him, show some mercy. Maybe this person just needs some medical attention. I get that. But instead of a forced time off to take care of this and make sure that a medical doctor has cleared them, your answer was, we're just moving them to another district. Yes. Which district? Oh, we're not at liberty to tell you that. I said, but you're at liberty to put somebody else's children in trouble with a potential bus driver that's having mental breakdowns. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. I said, how can you keep an eye on it if you're not on the bus with the bus driver? They had no answers. I ended up calling local news affiliates and talking to some of the news reporters. What I got was, ah, it's weird, but, I mean, not really newsworthy. (laughs) I'm like, what Uh, are you talking about? Not good. This guy wouldn't let our kids off a bus. He's in the bus. And, again, I give credit to the fact that he felt overwhelmed and stressed. And instead of driving in this heightened state of chaos, Mm -hmm. he just stayed there. I give him credit for that, the wherewithal, but then not allowing the kids off the bus, being aggressive, not speaking to them, that that is very disturbing, right? Depending on how many people were – well, this question also kind of coincides with uh, how are you able to just sit out there for 15 minutes Um, because I feel like somebody would question it at some point, but – It kind of depends on who's all outside because, in fairness, you are also liable if you do let kids out of the bus Mm -hmm. because anybody can just swoop by and take them if they want. Like, that's, I feel like there's some level of liability to that, too. But I understand, like, that is probably, that's more than likely not the right decision to be, you know, withholding kids inside a bus when they're, you know, they're dying. They're (laughs) like, of, of heat exhaustion, essentially. Yeah, the the, uh, the WCCO talk and text line is open, 651-461-9226. What are your thoughts on situations with bus drivers, uh, the one I related or the drunk driver? I mean, to what level should we take these things, um, you know, with the bus driver just being relegated to a different district? Is that enough? Obviously, okay, good, my kids are safe for now, and how long is that? relegation going to go yeah are they putting them over there for a couple of weeks and then they're going to let them back thankfully that bus driver never came back to our district yeah at that time but we didn't know what was going on with it and we were, we didn't feel we were getting any answers and what's funny is they again you have to protect your employees i understand that you don't have to give me the guy's specific name correct and his his information but i need some kind of specifics to tell me that my kids are safe and so are other kids yeah. And when you're protecting them more than you're protecting our children, I have a real problem with that. I know on the uh, talk and text line, uh, one of the listeners said, uh, I'm glad your daughter and the other kids are okay. The school needs to be alert uh, that, however, they uh, there is a bus out there who is paying attention at the school. Correct. Sir, he cannot let the kids off the bus, even at the school. The schools lock their doors, mm-hmm. and many times the driver can only let the kids off at their stops. Your daughter did the right thing texting you to alert you. Uh, right. I totally agree with that. I, You brought up an interesting fact 
Josh, about them needing to keep the kids on the bus because we don't know who might pull up and take our children. Yeah, <laughs> what could be going on? I've heard and seen some things in my day, so I, I would not trust kids wandering around a school openly. Right. Well, you know, I should also, also. mention she, uh, she, the, she was a freshman in high school, so okay. it was a high that's, school yeah, bus. That's, yeah. Um, it, it was just very uh, distracting, very, very frightening moment to have and not feel like we're getting any real answers on what's taking place and what we can do as parents to stand up. And if you have insights on this or why uh, they're so protective and and have a different way for me to examine this, then please let me know on the WCCO Talk and text line 651-461-9226. What would you have done in my situation or what would you do in this current situation? Bus driver has a, a DUI now, drove into a ditch with the children aboard the bus uh, you know, how how much do we hold the school and the bus company accountable for these things? Is it a whoops, we'll look into that, and we won't let that happen again kind of thing? French has been released from jail. She now faces strict conditions, including abstaining from alcohol and complying with electronic home alcohol monitoring. Captain Anklin uh, highlighted the specific statutes pertaining to school bus operation and emphasized the seriousness of the incident involving children. Fortunately, a backup bus was promptly arrived uh, in ensuring the safe transportation for all the students without injuries. The incident underscores the importance of the stringest uh, regulations. Now, it's funny that, okay, she's going to have to face some strict conditions like no drinking. Well, that should have been the rule to begin with. Yeah. We, that should have been the rule to begin with. Let's just take a quick break. I know we've got a caller. We've got some uh, some more messages coming in. We'll talk about that when we return right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. This is the Shaletta Show. I'm Dave Schrader filling in today. We were discussing the school bus driver that was charged with a DWI driving while intoxicated in Rush City. I was telling you the story of my daughter on the bus. Now, Josh, you brought up a couple of interesting questions during the break to me. Um, just so for clarification, mm-hmm. the kids had gotten in the bus. He drove out of the bus lane. Yeah. And when kids started opening the windows and he yelled at them to shut the windows and they were complaining that it was hot, he pulled over in the far end of the parking lot. So he was no longer in the bus lane. <laughs> He was put, which you mentioned makes it look even more suspect. In yeah, that's uh, that right. would be very alarming. Even as just a personnel at the school seeing, all right, cool, they're off. And then I turn around and the next thing they're just kind of chilling on the side. That would be uh, kind of alarming because then I would probably immediately march over there and see what's going on because that doesn't, I mean, usually it's really, right. It's clockwork. <laughs> and when kids started pulling their cell phones out is when he barked at them, no cell phones. Yeah. And that's when everybody kind of lowered their cell phones and, you know, kids. And again, this was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Right. So it was a very unnerving situation. Um, Very awkward all the way around. We had a caller who had called and had to go, but was mentioning bus monitors. Yep. Now, I know that there are bus parents that are outside the school and school monitors that help make sure all the kids get boarded. But is anybody going on bus to check the bus driver and the yeah. acuity of the bus driver. There was a t- I mean there was a time where you would have some people like poke their head in and then jump right back out, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily a frequent occurrence. Right. Right. And been forever since I've been in school, so I literally don't or even I just say it's been forever since I wrote rode a bus. I mean at least 2010, so it's mm-hmm. been a while. And then having an adult bus monitor 
I don't think that's been taking place either on any kind of regular basis. Mm-hmm. I think for some of the special needs kids, there's an adult bus monitor. Yeah, and that was the caller. The callers uh, that was the situation she was also referring to is she previously has worked in a special needs school, and that was kind of the scenario she was talking about too. Is like at least in that case, bus monitors, monitors in general, like there's always personnel outside and. That's why this alcohol situation is really alarming. Really alarming. Because like, it's one thing to be at a school, but it's another thing to be out in you know the prairie farms in the middle of nowhere. Just you know, your your driver has is intoxicated. I'd be so alarmed. I, I don't. Even, I I would almost if I was a parent, I would almost arrange a way for me to do the pick up and drop off method. Just. With my car instead of a bus. <laughs> we have done that in our, our household for quite a while, yeah. drive the kids and pick them up. Yeah. And, and I know that's not possible for everybody. The talk and text line open 651-461-9226. Some of the other messages we have coming in. Uh, that's the problem. Nobody is paying attention at the school. You should alert the principal and superintendent of your district, certainly if you're uh, aware of that or think there's any kind of situation. Uh, I wonder what, what what would have happened had the kids just decided to exit the bus through the rear entrance, the emergency door. You yeah. know, um, what would this guy have done? Depends on the age of the group, but yeah. Right. Yeah, very, very strange. Let's see. It says, the bigger question is, how do you know if someone like the person discussed isn't transferred into your school district? If they move one to another district, you don't know if another in your district isn't in your district for the same reasons. Yeah. Transferred from another district. Seems there should be an investigation into school bus district practice, uh, transfer practices in general. Uh, and uh, they said, I believe the bus driver was a female. Yes, the drunk bus driver that got the DWI was a female. Uh, the one that was the bus driver for my kid many years ago was yeah. a male. Um, so it, it, it is. It's a very, a very unnerving situation, especially as a parent to feel like, man, you do everything you can to provide protection for your kids. Yeah. And now we have this added fear and pressure of letting the kids go to school and what could come from that. I, I don't well, know. And I can, I can say, I'm not going to throw the school itself under the bus, but I can say as uh, my wife is a SPED teacher and I can tell you right now that there are a lot of those bad apples out there that will not take action to do anything for fear of them losing their jobs. And that is strictly what they put above, you know, a kid's safety. And unfortunately that's not, that's not how it should work, but that's just it's the truth of the matter with schools these days is you can tell one person, but that you know whether they're a superintendent principal don't matter, they could very well not do anything. If you're listening and you work for any of the bus companies and you want to call in anonymously and share insights into this, please feel free to do so. Uh, again, you can give us a call directly at the talk and text line six five one four six one nine two two six. Uh, If you want to call in and share any of that, we'd love to hear from you. But if you also are fearful for your career, we understand. But, uh, yeah, I I appreciate the people that have weighed in on the insights on this. So here's here's another um, concept before we go to the break here in in about a minute is understanding the people that are in charge of our children should be paramount. Um, You should we should have a much stricter guideline in effect for this. If a bus driver is being transferred into our area from another area, I wonder, should should we be alerted to 
why that bus driver was being, you know, hey, District uh, 401, you have a new bus driver, Josh Wheeler, who's taking over for Ben Hansen. Josh comes from School District 212, has an exemplary career. Uh, Ben Hansen is retiring or broke his leg on the ice. So Josh is taking over. I think just those little emails of something to let us know why a change is taking place and who the person is. And if, if you know, it shouldn't be this Catholic church scenario where you yeah. just move the, the uh, ways to tainted priest it. from one yeah. church to another, you know, expanding the disease to a much wider range of people. For sure. You know, and uh, and I'm I'm specifically only referring to the fact of the of the Catholic Church because we do know that their practice has been to take priests that were um, suspected of of bad things and just moving them to another church uh, and hiding them almost uh, without any uh, alert. And that that should just not take place at any time, yeah. whether it's in the church or with our children in any way. Let's take another quick break. We'll come back to the Shaletta Show. I'm Dave Schrader filling in this afternoon right here on News Talk 8.3. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. WCCO. In for Shaletta, I'm Dave Schrader. We've got a caller. Maria is on the line wanting to weigh in on this. Maria, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, um, this is a call about 25 years ago before kids have cell phones. Right. I was coming home from night shift uh, in Forest Lake, and I was getting ready to turn to my little road, and I saw a bus driving on the shoulder of the road, and it had kids in it. And I said, well, that's kind of strange. So I thought, I'll just follow him. So I followed him the whole route that he took picking up kids. He was on the shoulder, almost on the shoulder, the whole way. He was very safe. He stopped for every bus stop. There was no speeding. I followed him the whole. He was fine with picking up kids, and he took them all the way to the school. And I can only think he lost his glasses or broke them, and he might have told the kids, hey, I'm going to drive on the side of the road, but we're going to be okay. (laughs) So some bus drivers do well even if they're doing something strange agreed agreed at least he was like you noticed he was making the proper stops he wasn't rushing race he wasn't weaving around and that's you know he made it clear hey you know 
I'm having trouble with my glasses, blah, blah, blah. That I respect. I appreciate that. It's the concern I I have now is. the problem was. (laughs) Right. Well, just as a guess, but you still, as an eyewitness, the worst he did was kind of ride the shoulder, but he stayed in a line. He wasn't weaving in and out of the shoulder, correct? Right. Right. Well, nowadays, now if I had done it, I would have said something to him when he got off the bus or talked to somebody at the school. Right. Just to make sure everything was okay. But I thought, well, he did okay and nobody got hurt and. Looked safe to me. <laughs> it's funny, right? Because we're talking about the safety of our kids. When I used to ride a bus, I mean, it was strapped to a brontosaurus at the time. But when I used to ride the bus, if we irritated our bus driver, he'd just pull over in the middle of the street and say, get out. And you just got out. And if you go home and you complain to your parents and say, yeah, the bus driver threw me out. My dad's first answer was, well, what did you do? And if I told him, well, I was horsing around, I'd get a crack in the back of the head and sent to my room, right? Uh, and I'm not advocating for child abuse, but, I mean, it was just my parent, you know, my dad would give me a little smack and go, you don't do that on a bus. This guy's got a tough enough job. And, you know, that was it. There was some respect for it. But I do think it's funny that, you know, back in the day, the bus driver mm-hmm. could drop you off wherever they wanted to if they felt like you were being annoying. <laughs> now, now we have to be well, a lot yeah. more cautious with that, which I respect and understand. But uh, interesting, yeah. Marie. Thank you so much for listening okay. and for calling in today. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Uh, my wife, Winnie, her uh, dad used to drive a bus for many years, and they did have monitors. But I guess the pay is not real good for being a bus monitor, uh, and there weren't enough monitors to go around. Uh, basically, her dad told her that they would put monitors only on the buses if there were a lot of issues with that bus. So I wonder if it meant a lot of issues regarding the driver or the children or both. You know, that's, yeah. again, I, I it's it's got to be a pain in the butt job. I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I tell my wife all the time, even being a teacher, I could not, I just don't have the patience. For yeah. It. I have the patience to have kids and whatever when that time comes, but I don't have the patience for what these people do with on a Monday through Friday basis. Right. Agreed. So here's another strange news item that came out, Josh Wheeler, uh, that has me. Has me rethinking things. I love old homes. I love, you know, you drive downtown, St. Paul, Minneapolis, you see some of these stately old homes, and you, I've thought, boy, would I love to live there. There was this house where I, I went to college in Winona State, Minnesota. It looked like a castle. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. My dream was to one day own that house and live there and dress in really weird, like, uh, Renaissance fair outfits and that's the only way you'd see me out in the yard mowing with my <laughs> renaissance outfit right yeah, yeah i just wanted to have fun with it but um and i've been in so many of these older homes and i've noticed a few things and again i just oh it's an old house this is normal but i guess there's a huge issue that's taking place and something that didn't even cross my brain that was still a problem in the 21st century in 2024 lead poisoning risks in uh, county homes in Hennepin County is still extremely high. Between mm-hmm. 100 and 200 young children in Hennepin County are facing lead poisoning yearly, causing irreversible health issues. And despite the ban on lead paint all the way back to 1978, it remains a threat in older Minnesota homes. So, again, if you're thinking about the Minneapolis area, there's probably a lot of those homes that have been around that were painted in the the lead paints outside, the lead paints on the windowsills because it was a heavy-duty, good, water-resistant style paint, right? Kept it on there. Well, lead, and and I will I'll be honest with you, this is the first time I even learned about this. I knew lead paint was not good for us. I didn't realize to what extent lead paint was not good for us. It's a neurotoxin, so it harms the brain and your organs. 
and it can impact your hearing, your vision, and cause learning deficits. That's according to a public health nurse, Amy Wallen. Peeling lead paint creates dust that the children often ingest, breathing, and in some instances, little kids eating the paint chips, Mm -hmm. right? Pediatricians screen kids at one- and two-year checkups, but issues may go unnoticed. Wallen suggested parents request in-home lead paint assessments, cautioning against the do-it-yourself removal of lead paint. So I know you're immediately thinking, I can't afford to have somebody come in here and do a lead paint analysis. I guess there's free lead paint analysis that can be done. Yep. They'll send somebody in to check it out. And then Hennepin County actually offers free lead testing and up to $15,000 for grants for qualified homeowners covering removal, window replacement, and hotel stays during the work that's taking place in your home. Did you even know that there was a grant in place for people like this? So we actually had Amy Waller on our show last weekend, and Mm -hmm. she talked a little bit about uh, with Shaletta about kind of this issue. And I'm more so blown away at the fact that you can have funding for some such a thing, mm-hmm. uh, just because I was actually under the impression that we were kind of past that with a lot of the homes here in Minnesota. I figured that was kind of the, you know, the, there's a line somewhere, and at some point we crossed over that line where we don't have to worry about lead houses and right. lead in houses anymore. Uh, but I guess I mean, there's a lot of old houses in Minneapolis alone. I can't imagine kind of what is lurking within a lot of these homes when it comes to just the paint and stuff like that that was used because um, – Well, a lot of people, I think they felt okay because they could use primers. Correct. Paint over the lead paint, yeah. and they would paint, and there's been multiple layers. That's what of, I was always been – I've always been told that. Right. But, yeah. again, the issue comes, you're hanging up pictures. Yep. You're pun- punching holes in the wall. You're removing those pictures. You hung your posters up with tape. You peel the tape off. It's peeling off the chunks of paint, yeah. revealing lead paint underlying. Lead paint, for those of you wondering if you've got a lead paint issue, has a very – um, famous kind of signature way of peeling when it's deteriorating. It looks like alligator skin mm-hmm. with these little rectangles. So if you see it, it's a good way to suspect that that is definitely lead paint. You can find more information by visiting hennepin.us backslash lead control. Protect your home, protect your kids. Get this looked at. I didn't realize, again, that this is taking place still today mm-hmm. and in such ways. And then I think about how many people's homes I've visited especially the elderly through the years, where yep. I've seen that alligator crackling. And I've kind of thought it actually looks kind of neat in some places, right? Like this interesting vintage look That's, to some yeah, of these homes. It blends in, yeah. And you notice it a lot on the like the molding, mm-hmm. right? And yep. it's, it's so bad. I, th- this article is super in-depth and goes into all the different things, but breathing it in, touching it, transferring it, you may not even realize it. You wipe something off the, the windowsill. You know, there's a dead fly or something. You wipe it off the windowsill. Then you go over and you're picking up your baby, and you've got that transference of dust, and it's causing all types of medical issues. So if you're dealing with some of these medical issues, think that you've got that going on. Please look into this. And it says don't do the do-it-yourself stuff. A lot of people feel, I'm just going to go and I'll wear a N95 mask. I'll peel the paint. I'll do this. It can cause so much problems. And then a lot of that dust settles into your air vents. Mm -hmm. And then when you turn your air conditioning on or heater on, it starts blowing that particulates back up. So you really have to know what you're doing to take care of this. And can it be expensive? Sure. But if there are, are grants and ways to help for qualified homeowners, look into it. Get it taken care of. I mean, for fifteen grand, I don't know how good 
I just had all the windows replaced in my house. I yeah. was nauseated by the amount of money I spent. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. sickened by it. Um, Can't imagine. It is. It cost me more money to have windows, new windows put into my house than it cost me for my first house. Wow. Can you imagine that? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, my first house was uh, a 5226 Irving Avenue North in mm-hmm. Minneapolis, mm-hmm. right? I've been out of there a long time, folks. Yes. Uh, but 5226 Irving Avenue. Um, I bought that house, I think, for 48000 bucks. cost me $49,000 to replace my windows in my new home. Was there lead in the house? I don't know now. But yeah. what I do know, yeah. I found out later, again, I'm not a bright man, Josh Wheeler. I will be the first to admit I am not a hands-on, do-it-yourself Same. kind of guy. And I remember in the basement on some of the air ducts, there was this, like, thick plastery tape. And I remember flicking it and looking at it and going, what is this? Because it was kind of tearing and hanging down. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it was? No idea. Asbestos. So <laughs> Like yeah. a moron, like Homer Simpson. Yeah, just, oh, what's this stuff hanging here? Yeah. Oh, this is disgusting. <laughs> and what am I doing? I'm just flicking it in my face and breathing in no deal. asbestos particles. That's still prevalent in a lot of these houses. If you have these like white hardened tape monstrosities in your basements uh, that are connecting pipes or connecting air venting, <laughs> get it checked because it's asbestos. It's crazy what we've kind of learned about how oh, yeah. homes were structured back in the day. Cause, well, yeah, it was this, good this, for fire-resistant, and it was good for yeah. heat-resistant and doing these things, but we had no idea of the long-term effect. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, a old TV show, Elf, I don't know if you ever watched it, about the alien that came mm-hmm. to live with the family, and at one point uh, they're in the garage, and Elf is talking to Willie, the guy he lives with, and uh, Elf's going through his bag of stuff, and he – he goes, oh, my scratching stick. And he takes it out and he scratches it and sniffs it. And Willie goes, what is that? And he hands it to him. Willie, he goes, you got to scratch and sniff it. So he scratches. He says, oh, that's really pleasing. It's like a peppermint smell. And he keeps scratching and he keeps smelling it. And he goes, is there like an earth equivalent? And he goes, yeah, I think you call it asbestos. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> After he scratched and sniffed it a bunch of times. Uh, but, man, I think about all that stuff that still exists in a lot of these older homes that mm-hmm. we have no idea and I don't know how many younger generation kids are even going to be aware of this. They may find a home that they're trying to build and, or, you know, trying to take over and in a nice starter home in Minneapolis or some of these older areas mm-hmm. that may just be wrought with peril. And don't expect home inspectors to have your back. I know I'm going to take some heat for saying that. <laughs> the house I bought, we had an inspection. Guy gave this house flying colors. Everything and anything that could go wrong in my new house has gone wrong. Yeah. It is the money pit of to end all money pits. Oh, three days after I moved in, the, the ceiling in my kitchen collapsed because he had replaced all of the internal plumbing and the, the toilets. Yeah. And in the back, with the guts, there's that stem where the water fills in the bowl and then goes down into that stem. Yep. Right? He didn't cut the stem, so the stem like literally reached up to the top of the toilet tank. So water was coming over the sides of the toilet tank, Mm. flooded my bathroom and brought down my kitchen. Wow. I had uh, all these people, plumbers and electricians and everybody coming in to look at stuff to get me back. And they're like, how did this pass inspection? Look at the way he's got this done. Look at these things. He tricked out everything. And he was a contractor. I figured he knew what he was doing. The guy that owned the house before me. What a nightmare, Josh. I probably spent, $50,000, $60,000 in repairs to things this knucklehead did in the house. (laughs) Have somebody that knows something. Have a good plumber, 
it, it's worth it. Trust me. Have a good plumber, an electrician, uh, and carpenter go through the house you're going to buy, especially if it's older, and examine it. You may have to pay them 100 150 bucks, maybe 200 bucks a piece to just go in and give you the lay of the land. In the long run, I would have rather paid 1500 bucks to have three experts walk through my house for a half an hour than the amount of money I've spent to get it fixed. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and discuss more. Have you had issues with this as a homeowner buying a new home, thinking you've got this new exciting uh, situation in your world? And only to find out that it is nothing more than a money pit. Uh, All of the problems have been discovered. And what's the worst case scenario for somebody out there? Let me hear. Hit me up on the talk and text line. The WCCO talk and text line 651-461-9226. That's 651-461-9226. We'll do that next right here on News Talk 830 (laughs) WCCO. Well played, sir. Dave Schrader sitting in for Shaletta. We're talking about home nightmares We had a caller call in and ask, how do we know if we're looking for experts on carpentry, plumbing, and electricians, uh, if they are worth their salt? I mean, you made an excellent point to our listener that you could certainly check, like, uh, Google reviews and things. But, you know, there's a really great – in Minnesota here, we have Nextdoor, which is uh, an Mm -hmm. app you can use. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Nextdoor, you can place an ad uh, just saying, hey, I'm looking to buy this house. I'd really like to know if there's a carpenter. And a lot of these carpenters – plumbers and electricians that work for major companies, they'll do little sideline jobs and they're licensed in these things. So they know what they're looking for. And you're not asking them to come in and fix the problem. You're asking them to come in and evaluate the problems before they become a problem. And I shouldn't think that would be a problem. Maybe there's a realtor out there that can answer and give us a call. Let me know if I'm way off base by even suggesting that 651-461-9226. Talk and text line. Uh, Tressa says, my son got lead poisoning, severely high levels of lead in his blood at 18 months because our landlord decided it was too expensive to remove the exterior paint of our apartment building legally. We eventually got a whopping $7,000, and I'm adding some uh, sarcasm to that as I'm sure that's what was intended, (laughs) got a whopping $7,000 after taking him to court after all the anxiety, drama, lead abatement, removal of what belongings we could take with us in our last-minute move. Uh, boy, that's frightening, right? 18-year-old child, severe lead poisoning because the homeowner, the landlord, just didn't want to spend the money to do things properly. And then you only get $7,000 at the end of it when you take somebody to court on that? That's, ugh, that's It's the morality concept that we talked about with the... Uh, the what? The, it's it's kind of just having morals. What's that? Yeah, I know, uh, right? I'm not familiar. What does that sound like? Um, <laughs> let's see. We go couple more. Somebody writes in and goes, hey, listen, if I was uh, driving and I saw a car following a bus stop to stop, I'd be more worried about the person following the bus than I would be about the bus. That's a good point. Yeah. And see something, say something. There's no harm in that. But in this case and in this instance, she was making sure that the bus driver was not impaired and doing her best. Uh, Dave, love you, man. I'm the same way. Homer Simpson for home stuff. Uh, totally. As somebody else repeating in a little bit earlier, Dave, your comments on priests is offensive and off the mark. As a Catholic, I know there is no tolerance for abuse anymore, and that comes from John. Uh, I'm not off the mark at all, and uh, it should be offensive to you because that was the truth of what was taking place. I didn't say it continued to take place, but I was making the um, assertion that 
just moving a problem bus driver from one jurisdiction to another is not fixing the problem, just like moving the one problem priest from one parish to another was not fixing the problem. If you find that offensive, that's on you, my friend. It is truth. As a Catholic, you should know that. And I'm not attacking Catholics. I'm not attacking any of that. There are bad clergy in every field, just as there are bad people in every business out there. But in this instance, I was drawing the comparison that you can't just fix a problem by moving the problem child to another problem area and expecting the problem to go away. Instead, like a cancer, it is now spreading, and that problem child could cause problems in that district. And by problem child, I mean the bus driver or the priest that was allegedly doing things. Right. That's the concept I was going for. So uh, it is what it is. Again, instead of just hearing Catholic and assuming I'm attacking Catholic faith or Catholic priests, pay attention to the concept of the conversation and in what way we're using the terminology as making it something that many people would understand. Well, yeah, that was kind of your that was your from the very get go was kind of your initial point was, you know, to making all those phone calls was I don't want. A myself to experience my you know my kid to experience this and B I don't want other people in a different district to experience the same issue that we're having and it's right. just you're you're trying to put out a fire before it it keeps building and building and building and building. Yeah, the homeownership problems get it checked out, folks. It, it, you know I said it, I don't know if it's I'm sure realtors aren't going to want me suggesting that you have other experts come in and look, but yeah. if it doesn't cost them anything, it shouldn't be a problem. And I would think that if you have an expert come in and sign off on the house. That would only behoove or help the realtor anyway. Is there no, like, I don't want to use the term lemon laws because I know it applies to cars, but is there not a lemon law with home inspectors? If Yeah, here's okay. the deal. So I spent, I think it was $75 for a home inspection. Mm-hmm. I can sue for my $75 back, and that's the extent of it. Got it. I can't, there's no criminal charges. There's no negligent charges. Interesting. Nothing. You're not protected in any way real that I'm aware of. Oh, Dave, you're wrong. I'm going to call in and tell you, or I'm going to text anonymously to the talking text line. Whatever. Do it. I'd rather see what it is. Uh, (laughs) Whatever. Here's another clue coming in, a tip from one of the listeners on the talking text line. Whatever you do, don't ever ask your realtor for an inspector. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess you want to make sure that you're getting somebody uh, impartial. To the situation. And I've never done that. I've had a couple of realtors say I could suggest somebody, and I actually know other home uh, realtors and, and people that I've talked to that I've reached out to to, to get that kind of help from. Let's uh, take our final break here. We'll come back at the top of the hour. We've got a lot of great things to discuss with our guest. We'll do that here on News Talk 830-WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. 
hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.